Hi, welcome to Second Circle's Solo Sessions. This is episode 19, Heteronormative Dream Life. I'm Frankie Cookney and today it's just going to be you and me. The idea of the solo session is that it's it's like my personal space. It's my personal space figuratively obviously because this is a podcast but it's also literally because I'm recording it in my bedroom. Anyway it's going to be the time when I get to ponder a question that's been on my mind um, and that I think, well I hope anyway, will interest you as well. It's Pride Month, guys. What does that mean? Well, in London, the Pride event, you know, the march, the parade, is actually next month, on July the 7th. But June is Pride Month. It's known as Pride Month because it's the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which took place in New York City in 1969. I'm not going to get into a history lesson, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, Wikipedia is your friend. Confession time, though. I am 34 years old and I have never been to Pride. For a long time, there was a very simple reason for that. I was straight, right? So Pride wasn't for me. And while I definitely think there's room for straight allies, that means, you know, straight people who support the rights and representation of LGBTQ folk to be present at LGBTQ events, it sort of didn't really seem like I was needed. And, well, in some cases, it didn't really seem like I was welcome. Now, there is something of a divide over whether straight people are welcome or needed at Pride, and it's not really my intention to get into that. Although I will say that I think there is an overabundance of let's call it straight person feelings about pride in the mainstream media. And while I'm always interested in hearing about people's lives and experiences, and I'm obviously really glad that so many people support LGBTQ activism. And yes, I do think at its heart, that's still what it is, even here in London. I have to say that there's something about this kind of virtue signaling that mm, irks me. Yeah. Nothing stronger than that, really. It just grates on me a little bit. And not least as I've delved into my own identity and spent time reflecting on my own relative privilege. You know, I did sort of half-heartedly pitch this out uh, as a sort of personal essay to a few places. But the more I thought about it, the more it felt almost too real and too personal to hawk out. And also, if I'm really honest, I was afraid of making it about me. Because what on earth do I have to contribute? Really? You know? I'm a middle-class, educated, white, cisgendered, straight woman. Except I'm not. I'm pansexual and polyamorous. And actually, I use the label queer to identify myself and to broadly cover all of my various proclivities and deviances, many of which I can't quite define myself. Yet. But the point is, I pass as straight. I pass as normative. 
Have I experienced homophobia? Honestly, no. I, I mean, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty empathetic, compassionate person, but to try to tell you I know what it feels like to be marginalised, to feel endangered, would be, I think, to cheapen and diminish the experiences of those who've truly lived it. You see, pride to me is more than just a celebration of sexuality and gender expression. It is a protest. It's a protest against the people who are still persecuted and killed around the world. It's a protest against the continued marginalising of certain groups. It's a protest against the homophobia and transphobia, both casual and really not quite so casual, that we continue to encounter here in the UK. And I don't feel like that's something I can speak to. You know, I'm a cis woman with a literal husband and a literal baby and I'm living the heteronormative dream life. So where the fuck do I get off writing about my feelings about pride? I was talking to a friend, also a bisexual woman, about this the other night actually and she said what makes her uncomfortable, you know, with regards to claiming her place at pride is it that if it came to it, if it really came to it, she could hide. You know, if the revolution came and they turned Britain into Gilead... People like she and I could retreat into our straight relationships and be safe. No one would know. I know that's messed up and that's not how it works. I mean, that's also not how Gilead works. They would definitely find out. I mean, this podcast for a start would be pretty solid evidence of my gender treachery. But I totally get what she's saying. And that's kind of how I feel too. Almost like I don't deserve to be at Pride. If you're listening to this and thinking, of course you deserve to be at Pride then firstly, thank you. I love you. And if we're not already friends, which we probably are because, well, I know what my demographic is, then let's be. Hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. But secondly, I sort of know this really. At least I've seen it talked about. I'm just struggling to position myself in it, if that makes sense. Funnily enough, Twitter is full of people right now tweeting about inclusivity and how people... um, who don't immediately look like part of the LGBTQ community can still be welcome. Um, So, you know, they're pointing out that people who look like straight couples could actually be trans or they could be asexual or they could be bisexual. But despite knowing this, I'm still really struggling to figure out how and where my identity fits into the community and whether or not I should even be attending Pride events. Because the thing is, even when you do treat Pride as a celebration, and many people do, and honestly, they deserve to, and I think that's completely awesome and valid as well. But even then, I'm not exactly sure what I'm celebrating. I just... I think what it boils down to is, I'm just not sure if I'm queer enough for Pride. (laughs) My friend and I recently joked about how we'd both turned up to an event wearing dungarees, I'm wearing them for the whole of Pride Month, she said. Right, I replied. I mean, why do you think I've got my Birkenstocks on? She and another friend recently did a video for Pink News. I'll put the link in the show notes. And in that, they talked about the experience of telling people that you're bisexual. Um, She said people had looked at her long curly hair and asked, but what are you going to do about your appearance? And she joked that maybe she needed two sides to her wardrobe, depending on who she was going on a date with. And obviously that's absurd, but there's a grain of something in there. Like, maybe identifying as queer comes with a requirement to express that identity aesthetically. Because actually what we're talking about here is visibility. I mean, yeah, there's obviously no such thing as dressing gay or dressing straight. And 
going down that path leads you into the territory of stereotypes, many of which are really damaging. So I don't want to do that. But when you're desperate for people to know you, to see you, it can be really tempting to buy into the idea that you can and you should perform your identity. Invisibility is something many bisexual people encounter. And just by the way, I'm using the term bisexual here to mean any person who might on occasion date or have sex with somebody of a different gender, gender presentation, because those are the occasions on which a bi person becomes invisible. You see, a bi woman in relationship with a man is not seen as bi. I mean, so many people I know have had that experience, you know, not just of people assuming they're straight in that situation, but people actually saying things like, oh, so you're straight now, or oh, so you're not interested in women anymore, or even, oh, I knew the bisexual thing was just a phase. And it works the other way around as well. You know, let's say you're a guy who starts seeing another guy. Oh, we knew he'd come out as gay eventually. And, you know, oh, I'm so glad you finally figured it out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Outside of extremely closed circles of trusted friends, I am really, really fucking bad at talking in detail about my own experiences. But is that really any wonder? One of the first people I tried to talk to about being bisexual said... Yeah, but isn't that just a thing people say to sound more interesting? I mean, even now, even here talking about it and knowing people will listen to this, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling to articulate myself because I know, I know someone will sit there thinking, yeah, but she's not really bisexual. She's married to Rob. Or, well, she never dated women when we were at school or uni or whatever. So what the fuck? When people's first response to you talking about your sexuality is to question it, is it any wonder that you end up questioning it yourself? And look, I know the only thing to do is to ignore people's ignorance and just crack on with being me. But it's not just other people's ignorance, guys. It's also mine. Deep down, I don't really know that I feel like I'm queer enough for pride. And... Even if I manage to prove to you that I am, what do I have to do to prove it to myself? At what point will I feel like I can legitimately call myself bisexual? Is it when I've slept with as many women as men? Is it when I've had as many romantic relationships? Is it when I finally get that undercut I've been thinking about? Which, by the way, Rob thinks I could totally rock. (laughs) Is it only after I've divorced Rob and married a woman that I can finally say... Okay, my experiences are now exactly even. I am bisexual. And you know, all of this is before we even point out that bisexuality for most of us also includes people who are trans and genderqueer and non-binary. Needless to say, I don't have a coming out story. I'm not sure that I believe in coming out stories, to be honest, because I think our sexuality evolves over time. And if you caught my interview with Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee last week, we talked a lot about that. But the way I see it is there's no such thing as perfect total understanding and awareness of our sexual self. So how can we ever truly explain ourselves to others or announce ourselves and then stand by that forever? I also think that coming out is kind of bullshit because it's only something LGBTQ folks have to do. No one asks a straight person to define themselves. But uh, maybe that's a different story for another time. Anyway, I don't have one. Um, And that's partly because I haven't come out as such. 
I mean, unless you count this podcast, in which case, hi. <laughs> See, when you're living the heteronormative dream life, as I do, it either seems unnecessary because no one really needs to know what happens in your personal life or it feels unwarranted, you know, as if you shouldn't be jumping on the bandwagon and claiming marginalised status or it just seems plain ridiculous. You know, that idea that somebody's going to be like, come on, Frankie, you're not bi, you've got a husband. But I did have an experience not too long ago, which felt quite nice. I was at the gum clinic. Got to get those regular STI checks, guys. Um, And I was chatting to the nurse while she, you know, swabbed and needled me and all the rest. At one point, I mentioned that I was dating someone and the nurse said something along the lines of, oh, right, and uh, has he also been tested? So I corrected her. She all right, said the nurse. Oh, so you're bisexual. There was a pause. And then I just said, yes. Yes. Yes, that's it. Simple as that. So yeah, I just uh, came out on the NHS. How about that? It was a beautiful thing. (laughs) And while I, I mean, I don't think that we should have to simplify these things if we don't want to, because, you know, identity is complex sexuality is complex it is nice to be reminded that for some people you know particularly people who are literally only interested in which bodily fluids you've come into contact with it is actually quite simple of course whether or not that answers the question of whether I'm queer enough for pride I still don't know it's just over a week away um, and I have if not firm plans then the whisperings of them so I guess I'll let you know. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's meanderings. If you'd like to buy me a drink, and honestly I think you should after I just poured my heart out to you, then please visit my Patreon page. For as little as one dollar you can help me develop this podcast into something even better. And also you get to feel super smug because you're supporting independent makers of sex positive content. Yes. And there are rewards, of course. There's extra bonus material, newsletters, social media fun times. Go and have a look. It's patreon.com slash the second circle. Beyond that, well, please subscribe to the second circle wherever you listen to your podcasts please leave us a review and you can always get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Are you bi? Let's talk about it. Email us secondcirclepodcast at gmail.com. The website is thesecondcircle.co and we're on Twitter at thesecondcircle. Circle.